The Rockefeller Foundation advances new frontiers of science, data, policy, and innovation to solve global challenges related to health, food, power, and economic mobility. Sign up for our newsletter and follow us on Twitter at RockefellerFDN. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. To mark the 25th anniversary of the UN Fourth World Conference on Women in Beijing this month, Washington Post Live and the Rockefeller Foundation brought together some prominent global leaders to discuss where sustainable progress has been made for women and girls and where the most attention is needed to advance true equality. In this segment, we'll hear from former president of Liberia, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. Let's listen. I'm now honored to welcome the former president of Liberia, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. She's a Nobel laureate. She's known as Africa's Iron Lady. Thank you for joining us from Monrovia, Liberia's capital, President Sirleaf. Thank you. Thank you for joining. To be here. We're delighted to have you. So Thank you took you. over in 2006, the first woman to be elected head of an African state, and you just come out of a devastating civil war and unemployment was at 80%. What did being a woman contribute to the way you led the country out of that? As a woman? Yes. Coming into a country that had been devastated by war with the damage not only to infrastructures but damage to values, damage to relationships, damages to international relations. I had to bring into it not only the the level of competence to be able to address our problems, but also to recognize that I couldn't do it alone. I had to build a team, mostly of young people who could work with me with shared values, that we might be able to prepare our agenda and our long-term vision. And then we also had to have a compact with the people, uh, people who had been a part of war, young men, who had been child soldiers and had not had an education for two decades, we had to give them the confidence that whatever we do will enable their lives to start a process of being normal again. We had to reach a compact with our people, and particularly women in the rural areas women who had left their homes out of fear because of war and to ensure them that they could be safe when they return because we would have in place the policies, the protection to our re-energized uh, security services who will be trained to respect those whom they serve and are reaching out to all of our many citizens who had uh, left the country, many residing in refugee camps in neighboring countries, as well as in many countries abroad, now a diaspora, in the diaspora that was no longer connected with us to assure them that our conditions were going to be sufficiently uh, uh, in the condition for them to return home 
and become a part of the processes of rebuilding. President Sally, you speak you know, so movingly about done by a man. Mm. I'm sorry, maybe we, I think our audio went over. You speak so movingly about empowering women. You work so hard to do this as a president, including increasing the number of women police officers to something like 17% of the force. Which of these empowerment processes worked well? Where were the big challenges in bringing women into positions of authority or influence? Oh, big challenges happen to be in the places that should have been easier to bring a large number into part into our legislature into parliament as it's called elsewhere to ensure that they would be there to pass the laws that would lead to the protection of women to stop the violence against women and to ensure that all the laws will show equal opportunity equity and justice for women that proved more difficult than I thought because the party structures in our country, the political party structures, and I believe in most other African countries and beyond, shut women out. And so all the party structures comprise men who dominate and they show. That is the men who stand for elected positions and why there have been breakthroughs here and there, but there is a tendency to make sure women do not get uh, the numbers to enable them as a block to be effective in instituting the changes that are necessary. That's, that's fascinating. I know you're under great time pressure today, and I have one last question I want to ask you. Both President, uh, sorry, High Commissioner um, Bachelet and Secretary Clinton referred to this group of 25 women leaders um, who have been revisiting the issues from the famous Beijing Women's Conference. Can you tell us about your recommendations? How are you going to ensure that they will be implemented? I really believe that we have to change our tactics in this. We must now convince men of the need for change because it's the men who will have to make sure that they support women to change these laws. And until we can get them to sit together and to recognize the role of women, the important part that women play to ensure sound economic performance until we can get them to see that violence against women affects the country in so many ways. And it also it stops a young girl, a woman from achieving their aims. That's the way we can try to break the stereotypes. We can change the cultural norms and the entrenched values when we can bring men, men, who have wives, who have daughters, who also want to have them excel and advance to the levels of their dreams. They have to work support in support arrangements with women to be able to, achieve, to make the change that we all want to see. And so what do I think is we need to do most? 
we need to bring the men together. We need, we need for them to have the capacity to listen, to include, to adapt, and to care. President Sirleaf, we need to convince the men. It's a message we will take on with us. It was an honor to speak with you today. Thank you so much for joining Washington Post Live. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.